I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 165. And y'all heard that? Crickets, right? Crickets, I tell you. That's not what crickets sound like. Never mind. You scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I thought it was more like a a rusty door. You did. (laughs) Well, let's never hear that again. Can someone send in their intro? And if you want to, go on over to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. Please. She's real serious because she's kind of in another octave. (laughs) All right, let's jump right in. The first one. Some of God's greatest gifts are answered prayers. Hello, my beautiful Southern Queens. I hope you two lovelies are having a wonderful day. Thank you all for creating such a lovely community for all of us. Many thanks and blessings. It's Jen at Suburban Farmer here with a story I wanted to share. You know I love all the crazy spooky stuff, but this one is one of my own experiences that I would like to share with you all that's a little on the lighter side. Let's dive on in, shall we? I had always wanted to be a mom, specifically to a little girl. I had grown up raising other people's kids, and now I wanted my own turn. I wanted my child to have a lot more stability than I had growing up. By the time I hit 31, I was in a healthy, loving relationship, and we decided to start our own family, which we knew would be a challenge. I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was 16 and had had four surgeries between 16 to 27 to do what I could to maintain my fertility but I was still given a less than 3% chance, which was super fucking reassuring to say the least. Needless to say, when my husband and I decided to give it a go, I was nervous that I wouldn't get pregnant. I was a wreck, but kept my head up, tried to be positive and not ruin the mood. This should have been a really happy time, but I was scared. I prayed about it, cried about it, then just let it go. The following weekend, my goddaughter was receiving her first communion And I flew from Dallas to Houston to make sure I was there for the special milestone. It was a beautiful, somber service. After the service, I approached the priest, Father Juan, and told him that my husband and I were trying to start a family and we knew we were in for a challenge. I asked Father Juan to pray for me. He pulled some oil out of his pocket and made the sign of the cross on my forehead and prayed with me, inviting healing, conception, and peace. He asked God to give me a child like he gave Sarah the Old Testament biblical story, y'all all know it, it made me feel so much better. After Mass, we went to a small taqueria to eat and celebrate. Our group had roughly 25 in attendance, and we all sat around the table singing and laughing and having a wonderful time. All of a sudden, I felt strange. I had this overwhelming feeling to get up and go home. I was not scheduled to leave until the next day. I had this unrelenting feeling that I needed to get up and go home. I checked my phone and realized I could get on a flight in two and a half hours that had plenty of open seats in lieu of tomorrow morning. I quietly changed my ticket. After lunch, I walked over and hugged my best friend and told her I was going to cut out and go ahead and go home tonight. She was tired and totally understood. After around 7.30, we ate dinner, messed around, and then went straight to bed. Two nights later, I was laying in bed, drifting off to sleep, when I felt like someone had taken a knife and pierced into my abdomen. It hurt in a way that I had never experienced. I freaked out a little when I heard a voice in my mind say, that's your baby. She's now in this world and attached to you. I laid there in pain and took a deep breath and went to sleep. The next day, I woke up and called my mom once my husband went to work. Told her what happened and her spidey senses started going off and she told me to go to CVS and take a pregnancy test. I took the test and I was pregnant. I knew from the beginning that the pregnancy was strong, that my baby would be fine. I mulled over the previous events in my mind for a couple of weeks and decided to share my experience with a friend of mine. 
I pulled into my driveway mid-story and parked, thinking I was just going to sit in my car and chat with my friend for a few minutes before going in. As I'm speaking to her, I see the little bouncy blonde-haired kid run in front of my car. I quickly got off the phone and got out to look around. Nothing. No one was there. I heard a little voice in my head tell me, this is your child. I know now that it was my daughter, whom I was pregnant with, but at the age of three or four years old. I think it was God's way of telling me that things were going to be okay. I ended up having a beautiful, healthy, 10-pound little girl nine months later. Shortly after I had her, within a couple of years, I had to have a hysterectomy due to my endometriosis, but I didn't care as I had my little girl. God gave me the gift that I could never repay him for, and for this, I'm eternally grateful. I don't really know how to explain this experience, but it's hard to put something like this down on paper. I just hope it brightens someone's day. Love and hugs to all, Jen. A 10-pounder. My God. Woo. Yes, that's what I took away from that story. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That, oh. Well, I'm really happy for you and your family. And that was a sweet story. Yeah, why it hurt though. Right? I don't know why it hurt. Okay, the next one. Hey girls, I've been listening to you for a few weeks now and I'm addicted. I absolutely love the vibe from you two girls. This did not happen to me, but to my sister. Nearly 10 years ago, my sister's ex-partner died by suicide. They had a two-year-old together, and their relationship ended on very bad terms. They had split just over a year when he died. It broke my sister. She still loved him, even though their relationship didn't work. And we know he loved her too, but too many things had happened and they couldn't be together. Right away after he died, their child would talk to him saying he was there and playing with him. He was able to say exactly what he was wearing when he was buried, even though he didn't see him. My sister would hear him talking and laughing. And when she walked into the room, he would say, it's okay, mommy. It's just daddy. A few years ago, my sister was going through a rough time and felt very alone. She woke up at 3.15, really, really cold. She got up to go to the toilet. When she came back to the room, she got into bed, turned over on her side, and saw her ex sitting beside her with his head in his hands. He slowly lifted his head and smiled and just disappeared. She could only see him in the mirror. When she looked away, she couldn't see him. She has seen him a few times since then and only through the mirror. She says she doesn't feel scared at all. Me, on the other hand, I would have run like fuck. Keep up the amazing work. I honestly love this podcast. Number one in my library. Keep it real, you lovely ladies. S. I would have run too. I mean, sweet and all, but then when I like can only see you in the mirror, no, 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 no. Bad things happen in mirrors. Yeah, Donna doesn't fuck with mirrors. Uh-uh. Speaking of that, okay, so me, Cheyenne, and Creep Mom were talking about peppermints. And she said winter mint, like the green one. Spearmint, yeah. Yeah, but she said that one, if you chew it, it sparks in your mouth. What? Mm-hmm. It actually sparks in your mouth. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, just go into a dark room and like look at the mirror. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Jokes on you. That's how the candy man will get you. I'm not going to chomp on some candy in front of a mirror in a dark bathroom. Mm-mm. The light comes on anytime I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, unless it's like really late and I want to like not wake up. Oh, no. Then I don't do it. My light is always on. Or if I do have to turn one on, I just keep my eyes closed. <laughs> Whew. 
Oh, God, sorry. Just thinking about a dark mirror. Does your sister's kid still see their dad? Or did they get too big, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. But also, thank you for the lovely words. Okay, the next one. Hey, ghoul friends. I was reminded of something last night at work. Before we get into the tea of it, I wanted to say for this one, I want to remain anonymous in case any fellow creepsters are related to anyone in it. I just started at a news station, and they covered a story of a former co-worker and a husband of another former co-worker being arrested for shooting each other. Well, seeing this, it reminded me of the fact I went to school and graduated with her cousin. Jalen Barker killed a college student in the Cotton District of Starkville, Mississippi in 2016, six months after we graduated high school. I remember hearing about it after it happened and crying and being mad because we were 18 and 19 and still had the rest of our lives ahead of us. From what I understand from the news coverage, Jalen and some friends were going to rob Joseph Tillman. Jalen shot and killed Joseph in November of 2016. Joseph was 21 years old. Jalen was sentenced to life in prison in 2019 and will be eligible for early release in 2062. I will not say I always had a feeling that he would become a killer. I will say he had a bad attitude and was kind of a dick to people. Carrie, I would love it if you could possibly cover the story further because I'm sure I left out some information. In the end, two lives were lost that day, Joseph and Jalen's as well, as he was a kid who made a horrible decision and will spend the rest of his life paying for it. I'm sorry this is kind of long, but I couldn't believe I forgot it until now. Man, that's kind of local. Right? When you said the Cotton District or whatever, I was like, that sounds like Mississippi. Oh, Starkville. Yep, that sounds like it. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And that's the thing, too. When you rob someone and someone dies like that... They never get any money. Like, it's never... It's always, like, $20. Right? I never have cash. Me neither. Okay, the next one. Hello, beautiful ladies. Greetings from Detroit, Michigan, which has a billion haunted places that no one ever covers. I work at a club called City Club on the weekend at a super old hotel that is now apartments. It's called the Leland. You should look into it. Apparently, it's very haunted. I love the show. You keep me very happy and entertained at work. And at home, I run a reptile store. So my lizards and snakes and bugs love you guys as well. Anywho, I have many stories, but this one popped into my head. So I figured I'd tell it to you. The store I work at is very unique. They have clothes, collectibles, crystals, and metaphysical things, jewelry, and an 18 and up with pipes and whatnot. So everything. As I was saying, I run the animal department, so I stay in my section of the store all day, and when someone needs help, I send them to the proper section. I've always been sensitive and way too confident for my own good, but in that area, it helps. A lady came up to me asking where the sage was. I felt a huge need to help her even though it wasn't my job. I am one to trust my gut, so I did. I walked her over to the sage. When she told me her story, her dad had just passed and her and her sister were watching his house. They both kept having the same dream of him standing over them in a black hoodie with the hood up holding a gun staring at them. She said it felt very dark and she didn't think it was her dad. I taught her how to properly use sage and I gave her a celestine. It's a guardian angel stone and reminded her to be confident. Do not let the negative figure pick on you because we are beings of love and light and light always outshines the dark. I didn't see her again, but a week later I was sleeping in my bed 
and I had sleep paralysis. And guess what was in my doorway? A man in a black hoodie with a hood up and a gun. I yelled at it to go away. It wasn't welcome and to leave everyone alone. Never saw it again. Anyways, that is one of my many stories. Most of them are happy ones about my best friend slash protector who died when we were 18. I'll write you soon. Love, Angela. All of y'all who are just like, get out. You're not welcome. Bye. That'd be so so damn scared. I know. I wish I was like that, but I'd be like, oh. Like, I am Shaggy and Scooby. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'm Velma. (laughs) I'm like, zoinks. That's the one with the glasses, right? Yeah. Okay. Daphne's the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're definitely always worried about snacks. (laughs) True. Well, I'm glad you were there to help her to find out what she needed. Yes. Okay, this one is Midnight Game and Ghost Dreams. Hey, girls, hey. Can I just say that I love y'all and I've been listening to you for about two years, and I think I'm one of your younger listeners, but you two are hilarious. I can't explain how much I love y'all. I found y'all through Let's Not Meet, and just so you know, before I start, as someone who believes in reincarnation, karma, and all that fun stuff, you did a great job on your episode about that. Oh, Killed my God, Donna. thank you. Okay, okay. Story time. So I've never actually seen a ghost. I've only ever been ghosted by people, but I have some stories nonetheless. Same, boo. Same. I debated on which stories to tell y'all for a long time, but I'll start with this one. So picture it. About a year ago, I was 11 years old and bored during quarantine, so I decided to play the midnight game. Yes, I did try it because of y'all's episode. I said, don't try it. So on a Friday night, I got a big old candle, salt, and everything else you need. So when the time came, I poked my finger and got blood on my signed paper. Then the game began. I walked around for 20 minutes, maybe. Before my candle went out, I juggled the lighter, but lit it on time. Once I did that, I felt a weird feeling like the climax of a roller coaster. And the front of me was warm and sweaty, but my back was cold. And that's where this eerie feeling was coming from. It slowly got worse and worse. And it was the only thing I was focusing on. Shit, I had fucking blown on my candle by hyperventilating. I stood there in shock as my back got colder and the air got thicker. I could almost feel something next to me. And my back was ice cold. The fear sunk in until I finally snapped myself out of it and made a circle of salt. So fast, I threw the salt and sat my happy ass down I could still feel the presence of something by me, but before I knew it, the game was over and I was safe, but tired. I was so freaked out. I didn't tell my family I actually did it because I see it as giving them power, but the hell with that. I want to send in this story to y'all. I don't know how long this is going to be, but one more kind of funny one. So I woke up from a bad dream and I really had to pee. And no demon was going to get in my way. So I ran down the creepy ass hallway to the bathroom. Then once I was done there, I wanted a snack. As I walked the rest of the way down the hall to the kitchen, I thought of Oreos and the Pringles and the Snickers I could have. But then I got to the kitchen and every goddamn door in the cabinet was open. I was scared out of my mind and I ran back to bed and hid under my covers and went to sleep. The next morning at breakfast, I was telling this dramatic tale and my sister starts laughing. Ask her what's funny. She began explaining how at one-ish, she got up for a snack and apparently decided closing the cabinets was hard and just left them. When I got up around three and saw the ghost cabinets, all my life, y'all, that scared me half to death. 
anyway, that's a story about my sister's snacking habits. So I have some suspicion. Sorry, I know this is so long. I've had vivid dreams my whole life, and I remember my dreams for a long time, too. One time, I had a dream of a blonde ghost girl the same night my sister saw a blonde ghost. Three weeks after, my great-great-uncle died, and I had a dream of us dancing, our favorite thing to do together. He told me he was better now and that he couldn't wait to see his son. He had dementia, and when his son died, he didn't remember him. To hear he missed his son warmed my heart. Anyway, my suspicion is I possibly could get more ghosty dream stuff in the future. Anyway, thank you for reading. Sorry about the length. Love your favorite preteen, Aspen. Aspen, Donna told you not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you survived. I would have thrown that salad around everywhere. Though you're like explaining me 24-7, like I'm hot somewhere on my body, but cold everywhere else. Yeah, usually swamp ass is hot and other places are cold. (laughs) So you dream the ghost, the sister actually sees them. That's a duo. Oh my gosh. But how funny is that, that you thought... Like, I would, too, if every cabinet was open and be like, uh, no, I'm not going to touch that. And it was just, I'll tell you who does that. Uh, she's a co-host, uh, Carrie <laughs> and Tiffany. They will not close a cabinet. Yeah, it's definitely one of my flaws. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to remember that. Be like, it, it's not a ghost. It's just them. But look, Oreos and stuff. I don't know. It would have to, I would have to see a ghost for it to make me go back to my room. Because midnight snacks, oh, those are a huge temptation for me. It's, yeah, I would have to physically see or hear something to make me not get a snack. I'd rather sleep. (laughs) No, I'd rather eat. Okay, the next one. Palette cleanser, question mark. Hi, you beautiful ladies. I just want to start off by saying I love you both and I get some crazy looks while driving and listening to you. I'm alone in my car, but cracking the hell up. Also, you can use both of the names in the story. Here is a story that will freak you out, but then make you laugh. My name is Ashley and the story also includes my brother, Matt. We were both in high school at the time. I was in my room, which was on the second floor of our two-story house. The window of my room looked out to the front of the house with a very slanted part of the roof over the garage. I was talking on the phone with a friend with my back to the window, which was pitch black when I looked out. Also, I had no curtains or blinds on my window as we were changing the decor. All of a sudden, I hear a light tap on my window. There were no trees near my window by any means or when that night, so nothing could or should have been tapping against my second floor window. I ignore it, thinking it's my squeaky bed. Then a minute or so later, I hear the tap again, but this time it's louder. I tell the person I'm on the phone with, um, I think someone's tapping on my window. They say, how? Your room's on the second floor. Look to see who it is. I quickly say, hell no, I will not. But I slowly get off my bed. The tapping happens again. Still keeping my back to the window, I get to my door. Still on the phone, I turn to look to my window. All I see is this creepy, horrible, demonic face. I scream and run into another room and cry. I hear the cackle of a laugh my brother Matt does. It was him. He climbed from his window onto the roof and over to my window. 
I got curtains put up the next morning because hell no, that will not happen again. I can now laugh, but I did not speak to my brother for some time after that. Now we're grown and laugh about it often. Thank you for what you both do. Ashley M. from Arizona. That shithead. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? uh, uh, uh. Look, windows are another thing of mine. It's mirrors and windows, okay? Windows are the others, like the the strangers. That's, That's who I picture. And black eyed kids, they are outside those windows and I do not want them to come inside. Mm-mm. How about in my brain, I almost said, windows are the eyes to the soul. Oh, God. That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> Man, brothers are buttholes. Oh, God, that's funny, though. I love that you recognized his laugh, like, right away. And your damn friend on the phone said, go check. Uh, no, right? go get your parents. <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. All right, the next one. Hey, ladies, I feel like I have so many, both paranormal and true crime stories. My dad is a pastor, and they are often the first or or near close responder to so many different crises. My mom was a case manager and also has a ton of stories. I'm a therapist and have worked many different jobs, including being a pastoral role for a child murderers, children that have murdered. This was also part of a cult, but that is a whole nother therapy session. What? Anyway, I have many stories, so if you want to hear them, let me know. This story is geared towards the paranormal, though. The first time I remember seeing a spirit, I was about five or six. But this takes place a few years later when I was 12. Like I said, my dad was a pastor, and we moved around a lot for his job. One of the churches he was assigned was built in the 1800s in a small town in Indiana. It even had a small museum in it because Abraham Lincoln came to speak there. I had been taking violin lessons before the move, and my parents couldn't find a violin teacher there. Well, one night, my dad and I were at the church pretty late, and it was only the two of us. While he was in his office finishing up some work, I was in the basement. I heard a violin playing from the nursery. I went to check it out, don't know where that bravery came from, and noticed it was coming from the speakers that let workers hear the sermon in the sanctuary. Thinking it was someone who stopped by the church, I started to go up the stairs and got excited because maybe I found someone that could teach me violin. As I approached the doors, it got louder and louder and my excitement grew. I swung open the doors and the music stopped. There was a single light on over a music stand, but there was no one in the sanctuary. My dad was still in his office and said no one had been in the church. After this, I started seeing a man in our parsonage. He had dark curly hair and dark circles under his eyes. It wasn't long before my brother started to see him too. We had shared dreams and strange things happened to us. Music would play at night until you went into a certain room. I'd wake up to loud whispers and other little things. A little while later, we were looking at old pictures in the museum, the one in the church, and I stopped and called my brother to me. There was the man in one of the pictures. He was holding a violin. The picture was from 1911, I believe. That man continued to haunt me until I moved away to college. My parents no longer live in that house, but I do believe there is a shadow man who followed them. But that's another story for another time. Hopefully this story made sense. If you want the others, true crime or sinister sightings, I have more. Thanks for all you do. Well, we definitely want those other stories, too. I mean, you got a ton. Mm-hmm. Variety is the spice of life. But uh, those sound terrifying. I don't want loud whispers. I definitely don't want to see a man with, like, dark eyes and stuff. Like, mm-mm, no. Unless you're tall, dark, and handsome. No. And single. 
looking for a Pringle, ready to snack. <laughs> I don't know. That made no sense. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. Ghost neighbor. Hey guys, first off, can I just say y'all are amazing. I seriously love your podcast. I swear we're like soul sisters. Your relationship reminds me so much of my best friend and myself. Anyways, enough gushing. Let's get down to business. Insert Mulan reference. I'm so glad you got that one because you know uh, I can't do that. I like I literally did that before I saw the insert Mulan reference. <laughs> wow, we are soul sisters. <laughs> So, a little backstory. My husband and I bought our house in a neighborhood referred to locally as Little Mexico. Although I find this debatable because my neighbors are mostly Salvadorian. Either way, we are one of three white families in the neighborhood, and there's two African American dudes. This comes into play later. One lives two houses to the east, the other lives two houses to the west. They're best friends and both the nicest guys ever. We see them all the time walking back and forth between their two houses. So a couple of weeks back, the fellow to the east comes up and is like, hey, did you hear about our neighbor? I tell him no, and he goes on to tell me that his best friend, Buck, died the night before in his sleep. I offer my condolences and tell him I'll really miss Buck because I leave for work early in the morning, 4 a.m., and I always think if I'm murdered here, no one would find me for hours. Thanks, true crime obsession. But whenever I leave, Buck is usually on his porch smoking a cigarette. We wave, and it makes me feel a little bit better to see a friendly face. While we're talking, this guy comes out of Buck's house, and they're discussing funeral arrangements. The next day, I'm leaving for work. I get in my car and start driving west. I look out to the window when I drive past his house, and I see an African-American guy on Buck's porch smoking a cigarette. So I'm like, oh, hell no. He ain't dead. I get home that night and tell my husband. He kind of dismisses me like, I'm sure it was just another guy who looked like him. Where did this random, unknown African-American dude come from in our predominantly Hispanic neighborhood? And is he randomly going to be sitting on the porch of... One of the only other black dudes there, I'm like, you're right, I'm tripping. The next day, I leave, the house is dark, no one on the porch. I'm like, okay, maybe I imagined it. Okay, wrong. Because the next morning, I go to leave again. I look over and no one is there, but I get in my car and start driving west. I look out of the car window and there's this motherfucker sitting on the porch smoking a damn cigarette. And he waves at me. I call my husband immediately, and he's like, babe, calm down. You didn't see him. He's dead. Remember? I know what I saw, and I saw my neighbor's ghost. I like to believe that he heard me say it reassures me to see him in the mornings and decided to pop in. But damn, dude, no need to give a woman a heart attack. I haven't seen Buck's ghost since then, and it's been a week or two, but I feel like he's probably still around. Creep it real, y'all. Tracy. Oh my God, I would die. Well, see, here's the thing. I would pull in. I gotta know. I am just too nosy. So I'd be like, eh. And I'm always late. So I'd just be late for work and they'd be like, oh, Donna's on time. But I'd have to know. Are you going to vanish or are you a human? 
Like the second time. Like the first time it happened, I would have just been like, what the fuck? Yeah, the first time I'm like, what? Just like a double take. Okay, yeah. that was weird. But that second time when you're like, oh, hell no. And you called your boyfriend, I would have been calling him while I'm pulling in. Like backing up, pulling in, doing whatever I got to do. But also I have the need that I have to be right or and to be able to prove that I'm right. Mm-hmm. Or prove that I'm wrong and move on. Because I will be thinking about it constantly. She's not wrong. <laughs> Tiffany gets so mad at us because we're like in like an argument about which one's right. Like we will look it up and she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, no, no. It does. We have to see who's right. Yeah. It literally doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. But at that point, like I want to know the information. Yeah. What's the answer? Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much for sending all of these in. We appreciate all these stories and love them. Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember. Creep it real. And and don't don't get scared. scared.